All right. <clears throat> What's up, everybody? My name is Tyler Dunn with Dunn Deal Investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. Now, we got kind of weird how that comes out, but I might have to work on that for next time. But if you're on Instagram, we're live. If you're on Facebook, we're live. <clears throat> I'm just trying to do a little bit of uh, test testing taking, but I think we're pretty good. I don't have any uh, complaints with uh, my headphones or anything. So if anyone is new to this channel where it's called goals and updates, what I normally do is I have a structure where I go ahead and I update you guys on what's going on in my life. So I do have a, a handful of updates that I'm going to go over with you guys today. And then I go over two topics that are motivational topics or topics that I want to talk about. And the two topics we're going to be talking about, the first one being stop worrying about what others do or have. The second one's going to be be informed on what's going on, but don't use the news for it. Now, I'm pretty sure I might have talked about both of these before, but I'm going to try to talk about them a little bit different this time. So, And then at the end, we do done deal investments, and I tell you basically about my company that I, uh, that I actually started. So we're going to start off with the updates. So we're on episode 104 of Goals and Updates, which is pretty awesome. And I got a full, you know, full list of things I want to cover today. If you're wondering about Tuesday with Steven, uh, we, I couldn't get the schedules to really collide. Uh, we kind of, he had to do something. And then once we got in contact with each other on Tuesday, by the time he was able to come over and film, I had to, I wasn't really free. So we decided to do it Sunday. So this Sunday we'll have the co-host, which will be Steven. And I normally just do a brief little interview. And then I go in and we'll do like one topic that I'll pick out. And then from there, we'll just have a discussion on whatever he wants to talk about. So he wants to talk about politics. He wants to talk about business. He wants to talk about school. He wants to talk about his life, goals, anything that he wants to talk about, we'll end up talking about. And that's why, and the reason I'm doing that, by the way, is I want to, I want people to interview and put their own their own goals and visions on this show. But at the same time, too, I want them to talk about something that's motivational. So that's why we do the topic. And then the reason I, I just talk about anything with whoever comes on here as a co-host at the end, and most, you know, I want to give most time to that is because I want people to have different opinions and different viewpoints on this show. And I want you to be able to see that, you know, maybe I, I don't agree with everyone's point of view. Right, I don't agree with everyone um, or the way they think or maybe an opinion that they have and maybe I have opinions that they don't agree with, but we'll still end up having a great conversation and no one will really judge each other for it. And it, you're just going to get a bunch of different diverse opinions and different uh, different basically talking to topics on this show. So that's kind of why I wanted to do it that way. So Sunday we'll have Steven on the show as a co-host and then from there we'll uh, we'll progress forward. So I do apologize for that uh, that mishap. For that mishap, <clears throat> I don't know if that's a I don't know if that's a real word, but so I do apologize for that. It's just you know, it's, sometimes it's hard. I'm working a full time job. I'm doing other things, doing Toastmaster. You know, I got a full list of things that I'm doing on top of this show. So I do you know I try to do my best with the scheduling. So we'll have him on Sunday. So look forward to that. But the topics I want to talk about for my updates is uh, the first one being that I'm trying to progress with a career within uh, the company that I'm at right now with cross country home services, which will eventually be changed to cinch. They're, they're slowly making their way towards it. Um, I'm pretty sure they're doing some test branding and stuff like that. When I went to this marketing lunch and learn, but 
the real reason you know I'm talking about it is because I'm trying to get into the marketing department. So I'm about, I think, two weeks or maybe two and a half weeks away before I hit my six-month mark at this company I just started working for. And I'm trying to progress from customer support services, <clears throat> excuse me, into the marketing department. And so I had I had opportunities where I, you know, I, would, I went to email certain people. And the, the one guy uh, came up to me, I think Tuesday or Wednesday came up to me and he's like, hey, I'm leaving. I'm not going to be with this company anymore. He's like, uh, if you send me your cover letter and your resume, he's like, I'll push it forward to some higher ups that I know in marketing. And, and he's like, I'll try to do that before I leave because he's like, I'm leaving in the next week. So he's like, if you could try to do that as soon as possible, that'd be great. So he told me that, right? And then I went and I'm off, I was off this Saturday and Sunday because I, I worked, um, I didn't work this Saturday because I, I actually, I think worked on Tuesday. So I, you know, I wasn't in work on Saturday when he's normally there. So I had to come in on Monday and then I don't think... I don't, I don't honestly have like a real reason why I didn't send it to him on Monday. I just know my resume, my cover letter wasn't ready. And Tuesday I was off. So I came in, you know, last night I worked on my cover letter, worked on my resume. I wanted to update some stuff on the resume since um, I can now add cross country, you know, working there definitely puts a little, you know, puts a little good word in. And so I updated the resume, updated the cover letter and I went in today and I'm like, all right, I'm going to email him. So that way he gets in. I figured he's probably going to still stay here for the next week. This is also why you don't procrastinate either, by the way. So, it, you know, long story short, don't procrastinate. Try to get it done as fast as possible when someone comes up to you and says, hey, send this to me or do this. But the point being is, give me one sec. Uh, I had to fix something on Instagram. But the point being is that I, you know, right, I, I went to send it, right? I send it and, um, I'm, you know, my mom was asking me certain things because I work with her so I can link her. So we, it's almost like kind of texting, but for employees at that, at that specific uh, work environment and, or that company. And I, I'm linking her and I'm like, all right, I just sent this. And she was talking to someone else and they're like, Hey, you should really email these two other people. And the one person is actually, I, I'm pretty sure like head marketing director over there. And then I'm not sure who the second person is that they told me to CC in when I send the resume and the cover letter to uh, the original person I was going to send it to. And they, and basically like I send it and I'm like, okay, now I just have to send it to these two, two higher ups. And when I sent it, I told, you know, I, I wrote my mom, I'm like, all right, I sent it to this person. I just have to work on sending it to the next two people. And, you know, I was trying to, I was trying to space it apart cause I wanted, my main concern was getting it to uh, the person that was leaving first right? And then once I got to a certain point, then I can go and send the, you know, send it to the other two people that were head in marketing department. So I send it to the one person, hit my mom up. I'm like, all right, I just sent it to this person. And she goes, oh, he just left. <laughs> she goes, oh, he just, he just left. And they, uh, and, and basically they, uh, they kicked him out. So he just left. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm thinking to myself like, oh no, he's not going to get the email that I sent it to his, uh, his employee email. Right. And I'm like, okay. So I'm like, I'm thinking to myself because, you know, as soon as you hear that, your first instinct is to go into panic drive and you're like, damn, I just lost that opportunity. And so I was thinking to myself, you know, how can, I was like, there's got to be a way for me to reach out to him some way, somehow, especially since we're living in, in the century of technology. And I'm like, you know, I'm thinking about things. I'm like, well, I'm like, did he give you, I'm texting my mom on the, on the link thing. 
And I'm like, did he give you any personal information when he said goodbye? And she's like, no. And I'm like, all right, well, scratch that off, right? And then I'm thinking to myself, you know, I could probably go on Facebook and find him and then send him the cover letter and resume and just friend him on Facebook. And, and then, you know, I could I, I get a connection off of that as well, right? So it might work out to my advantage. I actually have to do that after. I invited him to, you know, obviously be my friend on Facebook, but I have to you know, reach out to him, see if he accepted it first and then reach out to him, probably iMessenger and, and, and send him some stuff. So this way he can go and send it to his connections in the marketing department and hopefully uh, he can help me out that way. So I'm going to do that after this podcast really quick before I go to the gym. But the point being is that I should have done it as soon as I got into work. But what happened is like, I wanted to focus on my productivity level first. So I'm like, what I'm going to try to do is push out these first two hours, take the break and then send it. And it kind of backfired on me. So I should have acted now, not later. That's, that's, that's what I learned from it. Right. Lesson learned. I should have sent it as soon as I got to work and had the resume and the cover letter in my email box. And I should have just forwarded it to him and sent it directly to that individual rather than wait. And most, most of us do this. They, we procrastinate. It's kind of what happened was I procrastinated but I tried to do good procrastination where I was focused on something else that was going to benefit me um, first rather than later, right? So I tried to do good, but I kind of messed up. So, you know, it happens. So, and it's not lost, right? The opportunity is not lost. Uh, you know, I can go on Facebook and try to reach out to him and hopefully, you know, he'll still help me out even though I didn't get it to him in his email box. He could probably give me his personal email. I could send it to that or, you know, work something out with him. So that's always a plus. Now, I also sent at the end of my shift today, which was kind of, at first I was kind of thinking about it a lot because we tend to, or at least I tend to, but I know a lot of individuals probably do this. Uh, it's just like a human reaction to like thinking about doing something, right? But when I was trying to you know, think about what I was gonna say in this email to the higher ups, the, the people that actually are really, really important and are high up, excuse me, in the marketing department there, I'm, I can't just send them the cover letter and resume. I have to send something as a body text because they're not expecting really to get it, right? I don't know if the other person was expecting to get it, but I know the, um, I know personally, like there, I didn't contact them previously before this and go, Hey, I'm going to send you the cover letter and resume. So I knew I had to put something special in the body. Right. And so what I was trying to do was think about something that would make me sound like an asset to the company, but at the same time, try to do like a little mini introduction. And I, I just put like very simple, like, you know, cause I went to this lunch and learn. That's why I met the one board of directors and marketing cause he was the one that gave the seminar. And that was kind of part of the plan from the beginning, to be honest with you, with you was I went and did the lunch and learn for the marketing department because I knew the head person of marketing was going to be there. And so I could shake hands with him after and introduce myself and pitch to him that, you know, I want to get to where you're at in the marketing department. I want to be a part of the marketing department. So I did that. So he should recognize me when I sent, you know, when I put my little intro in there. Now he might not, right. He might be like, I don't, I don't really remember this person, but you know, uh, there's always, there's always a possibility or a chance that he, that he will, right. Cause I did that. So that, that was, you know, all this stuff is leading up to the, to the, to the plans of getting higher up into the, into the company. That's really, you know, and I, that's why I took the position that I'm at right now with uh, support services was I knew I wasn't going to try to stay there. My mission was to get into a marketing position or get into sales or get into something around there 
And that's really what I, you know, I tried to set everything up where I'm like, all right, there's a great opportunity to go network over here within the company and go do this. And, and you'll hear some of that stuff throughout the other updates with other episodes. Like if you went back and listened to different episodes, you would see that, right? So that's, that's what I'm trying to do is progress a little bit more within the company and just reach out and, and meet higher ups. And so that way, when I go and send something, they'll look over and they'll be like, oh, I know who Tyler Dunn is, right? I know who that person is. He's really good. He's really reliable. Dress is really nice. So I go, I go to work every single day, even on Saturdays. If I worked this Sunday, I'd still would have this on, right? The, the shirt and tie, the dress shirt, the dress pants, the dress, uh, the dress shoes and the tie, right? I'd still have all this. So I'm the only one that does it, by the way. There's a couple of young young kids there that once in a while will dress up in a shirt and a tie. And most of the time they just wear like a coll- like a like a dress shirt like this, but they leave it on button and they don't have the tie. I've never once not done that. So that's something uh what's up, Sean? So that so that's something that I uh that's something that I, I, you know, I'm trying to do to outstand the competition there because most people don't look at it like that. Like it's all competition there. I'm trying to outdo and outplay and outmaneuver every single individual there, almost like a board of chess, right? And that's that's how I'm thinking about it. But I'm the only one that goes in the, in the shirt and the tie, and everyone else kind of slacks and uh, they kind of. I know like the young kids that are there kind of don't really do that. They they do it maybe three days out of the week, four days out of the week, and then they stop. So that's something that I have over them. So, you know, that's something. Uh, the reason I emailed those people, by the way, too, and the reason I was going to try to bring up in this story was when I was thinking about writing this body to these two people, um, I'm like, damn, like I don't, cause I don't want to sound like I'm overboard. I want to sound like I'm, I want to be a part of, of that department, but I'm also have the skills to be an asset within that company or that specific part of the company in that department. So the way I wrote it was basically just like, you know, I, I went to the lunch and learn, I met you at the end and I'm, and basically like, I think the skills within my resume, which is a very diverse resume has a lot of asset qualities. I wish I wore a suit. Yeah. I try to do the, I do this. Like, trust me, I, I would be wearing a suit if uh, I'd be wearing a suit at this, if it was a sales position, I, I'd wear the suit heavily, but it's really not enough. And it's not like, I mean, it's not, it's not really like a, what's up, Dominic uh, 1195, but I, I mean, I, I kind of, I like wearing suits. Whenever I go to networking events, whenever I go and I do, uh, like when I just did this thing last Saturday, which was for Toastmasters, I felt so good wearing a blue suit and I had like a pink shirt on and it just, it just looked good. And like, I got a lot of compliments from it, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely would recommend definitely wearing uh, more suits. But yeah, I, I like wearing suits a lot. Like the suits just, they give you a lot of confidence. They really do. It's kind of funny. Like, I, and most people don't understand that until they put on a suit and they're like, damn, I look good. Or you just feel confident when you go and talk to people. But um, so that's, yes, yeah, so I wrote that email and I just basically said like, I want assets. I do it. It makes me feel important. Yeah, I know it does. It does. It really does. That's, and I, I think that's why a lot of politicians, to be honest with you, wear the suits. And a lot of business people, I notice a lot of professional business owners and business individuals wear suits. And I think it's because of, uh, it's also because it's con- it's confidence booster, but I also think it's because it makes you look like you're legit. And most people don't like wearing ties and they don't like wearing the suits. And I, I love it. Uh, to be 100% honest with you, it's the best thing that, uh, I-, I think it's one of my my best skill sets is like, I just, I just like, 
I just like wearing ties because it, it makes me outdo everyone else. And that's why I really like doing it. But I, um, so I sent that email, but when I was sending that email to these higher ups in marketing, I was kind of, I was kind of really nervous to be honest. With you. I was kind of thinking about myself a little bit and I'm like, I'm like, damn, like, I don't know what I should say and what I shouldn't say. And I'm like kind of second guessing myself. Right. But the thing that kept going through my head when I was writing this, uh, this email was you gotta, you gotta push aside, push aside that and just really write something that you think is gonna, is gonna click. Like, what if it was me receiving this email and I was going to receive this random cover letter and resume? What would I want the individual to say to me to get me to look at the cover letter and resume? Right. And that's basically what I tried to do. That's, that's really what I tried to do. What's up, Greg? That's what I really tried to do was when I wrote this email to uh, the higher ups and marketing department, I've never met the second person that was CC'd in there, by the way, the first person I've met at a, a marketing lunch and learn. So I was trying to think to myself, um, what could I, you know, what could I write if it was me in that person's position receiving this cover letter and resume? And that's, and that's all I did. And then the nerves went away and I sent it and I felt really good about myself because I'm like, all right, I did it, right? Most people I don't think would really have the courage to write the email and put the cover letter in and the resume. By the way, I don't even think most people would have updated their resume or cover letter. So, you know, I, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing the best I can at this company. It's a, it's a little, this company itself is a little bit frustrating just because like, you know, you put a lot of work in and then, I mean, it's kind of like, I guess every corporation or most corporations shouldn't say every corporation, but most corporations just feel like you put in a lot of work, you put in a lot of work and sometimes you're not really noticed. But I, you know, and after a certain amount of months, you start to see like, okay, I am making a difference. People are asking me questions. Like it took me a good four months to really sit in and people are like, Hey man, you're really good at this. How do I do this? And then my manager, I'd go one-on-ones and she'd be like, you're doing really well. You're doing good. Right. And she's like, you're making your numbers, you're making your adherence, you're doing all this good stuff. So, you know, over time, you know, you'll start seeing that you'll, you'll start seeing the results over time. That's, that's like my best advice to you. But those are those two uh, updates. The other one is I, um, well, I get, I told you about Steven, uh, Steven. So Tuesday we didn't have the, the co-host on here, which is going to be Steven just cause the schedules didn't collide well. So we're going to do that Sunday, which I updated you guys on already. The other thing would be uh, Hootsuite. So uh, it's actually called Hootsuite Academy. And most of the time when you think of Hootsuite, you think of the social media platform where you can have different Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all your feeds put together into one. And it's like a multitask uh, type of social media type of tool. So the thing that I had when I went to Broward College was uh, it was called Hootsuite Academy. So that's basically training right? It's training. And when you do the training courses, you can take these classes. And when you pass the tests or the classes, you get a certificate. So the one that I was going to go for was free training, but it was $200 uh, certificate to take the test. You had to register for the test and it was like $200. And so what ended up happening was uh, within Broward College, I paid for it. But the person that was my manager at the time, I told, I was like, Hey, I'm pretty sure you said you you got you like the company would pay for this, but I ended up going ahead and paying for it myself. You know, if you could do something to help me get the $200 back, I would appreciate it. But if not, and and it's whatever, I don't care because it's $200 I invested in myself. So I don't really care if I get the $200 back or not, but obviously it'd still be nice to get to try to get the $200 back. So she, she told me that I should have waited, you know, she was like, you should have waited. I could have gave you the card or whatever. But my problem was like, if I waited, 
and I relied on her to pay for it, I knew I wasn't going to really go through it. And that's what happened to the other two people that were going to take it with me. They kind of just didn't do, they got to the end or they went through it or I don't, to be honest, I don't even think they even finished the training, but I got to the end of the training. I paid for it and I couldn't pass the test. And I ended up sending uh, to accounts, the account, the accounting department at Broward college. You know, I sent them the, I made a ticket and I'm like, Hey, I paid 200. Here's the receipt. Here's proof. And they ended up refunding me the $200 within my paycheck. So that was pretty cool. So I ended up getting a free training course. And basically, I could get a free certificate that's worth about $200 certificate. So the problem that I have right now is I've been trying to go back and take it, right? And the email on file is my old work email the from Broward College. And I and it, what it wants me to do is make sure it's me and it wants me to... Uh, basically authorize that it's me or um, I forget what they call it, but basically it wants to make sure it's me and it wants to send a code to that email. So I can't bypass it or anything. So my problem is I don't have access to that email anymore. So I had to put a ticket in with Hootsuite Academy and try to contact them and I got to get, you know, I'll update you guys on what happens with that. But I'm really hoping I didn't lose that certificate or the 200, I mean, technically I didn't lose the 200, but you know, a free certificate that's worth about 200, which is, you know, I probably should have taken it a lot sooner, right? I probably should have taken it a lot sooner. Um, but the problem is like too much things started happening and then I was trying to focus on college and then, you know, excuses, excuses, but I was trying to get ahead. And so I took a step back from that and I'm like, you know, I didn't really pay for it. And then I think that was the problem. Once, once the $200 was off the table, you tend to think to yourself, well, I didn't pay for this. I can put this aside. And I think that's what killed me. And then, you know, I don't, I, I don't have access to that email. So I had to write them um, an email basically saying like, I don't have access to this email. It's an old work email and my company paid for it or paid for the certificate, but I need to somehow change, change the um, email on file to get, to be able to get the code and just verify my account or whatever. But I'll let you guys know I'm not, I haven't received anything back from them. So it's probably just, they probably have a, you know, a couple people looking at emails and they just respond back. So I'll get back to you on that once I get that, but I'm really hoping I didn't lose that opportunity because it's a great opportunity. And it actually reminds me, I have to go reach out to, uh, I gotta go reach out to my old boss. <laughs> I gotta go reach out to her and go see what she's up to. Right. Go, uh, keep those connections. And she, I mean, great individual. She taught me a lot. The first marketing job really that I got, where she taught me a lot and gave me a lot of, uh, she gave me a lot of wiggle room to go and try things. And she, I think she, I mean, to be honest with you, if it wasn't for her, I don't think you'd be looking at the same person because once she gave me more responsibility and she gave me more leeway and more projects. And even though I was just a, it was basically like an, in, a part-time internship or intern. She, um, she gave me all the, the wisdom basically and all the advice and basically let me go and try things even though I probably wasn't qualified to do it. And I just, you know, I did it. And, and I just, that, that's what gave me a lot of belief in myself with marketing. So, you know, shout out to Daniela, right? Shout out to Daniela. I'm going to have to reach out to her, but that's that. Now the, the last one I have on here is uh, Utah and Florida. Now the reason I'm going to talk about this is just for anyone that's new in business. Uh, if you have to file paperwork and stuff with the state, uh, you know, both of them got kicked back. So I, um, the whole pro the whole thing I'm going through right now, and I'm going to try to make this short so we go into these other topics, but, um, I originally filed in Utah, 
right? And then I live in Florida. So the company that I used filed my paperwork in Utah, the agency I used. And then I had to transfer it into Florida, right? And then, so I'm technically labeled as a foreign entity in Florida right now. So what I'm trying to do is send paperwork to Utah. It's probably going to confuse the hell out of people, but I got to send paperwork to Utah to basically um, amend my entity up there. And then I got to file paperwork with Florida to transfer my foreign entity into a main entity. And if you're kind of confused, trust me, I was confused at first too until I started doing research and I had to do all this stuff to figure out what the hell was going on. And I had to call the state of Utah. I had to call the state of Florida, right? And I had to figure out all this stuff they wanted. Well, both paperwork got kicked back. Now, Utah, I just refiled through email, which was cool because the person put their email on there and most of this stuff you have to mail. So think about this for a second. Most of the stuff you have to mail and it goes from, you know, especially Utah, Florida is probably a little bit faster for me because it's going to Tallahassee. It's not much farther to the same state. But Utah, it's got to be, you know, I got to mail it all the way to Utah. Then they have to, you know, I'm sure there's tons of paperwork that those agencies or that state is going through until eventually they get to mine. So it's probably another couple of days. And then they have to read it. And then if it gets kicked, it gets kicked back, excuse me, they have to resubmit it to me or resend it to me. And that's uh that's something that's really difficult because uh you know it's going back and forth back and forth but it's not like it's emailing back and forth which which is in hours or days it's being mailed between like a week basically so my mess up causes a week delay so the cool thing with the utah paperwork is i just fixed everything she wanted retyped everything on a pdf uh adobe acrobat on the pdf and emailed it to her so hopefully you know she sends me a confirmation and she puts it through which the funniest thing, to be honest with you, is both states, I got both my paperwork got kicked back from both states, Utah and Florida, but both states cashed my check. How funny is that? Both states cashed the check I sent them, right? So they took money out of my account and cashed the checks, but they uh, they, they sent the paperwork back <laughs> with no check. So the point being is, you know, they, they probably want you to, you know, they, they want your money regardless, right? They want your money regardless. But uh, with Florida, it's a little bit tricky. They're talking about how I have to submit an annual report with the state of Florida, which I didn't know that. And if you're someone that's very business savvy or you're, uh, you know, you've had a business in Florida and you're probably thinking to yourself, well, duh. You know, I, I, I've never filed, you know, I just recently, uh, a couple months back, filed my, my first ever tax, right? And I messed that up. <laughs> I messed that up pretty bad too. I had to actually amend it and then resubmit it. So the point being, you know, the reason I share this stuff with you is because uh, we're not all experts. We don't, uh, you know, it's my first time trying to run my own individual business and create entity. You know, I got to create the entity. I got to file the taxes. I got to do everything as a business owner, uh, a solar a solar entrepreneur has to do or a sole entrepreneur has to do when they're starting a business and they're trying to scale it. So, a lot of this stuff they don't teach you. They don't teach you this in school. They don't teach you it in business class. Uh, you know, there's not really, I don't even think, I mean, I'm sure you can find a course online to do most of this stuff, but they don't really teach you this stuff. Right. And so you're going to fail. And, and that's why like, I kind of laugh when they kick it back to me, even though it's kind of, it is kind of serious, but in the sense like, I'm like, all right, it's just a mistake. I'll learn from it. And I just won't do it again. Right. Because I, you know, I can't, I, you know, I don't have uh you know, no one teaches you this. There's really, and all you can do is look up the stuff they're asking for online. And that's what I do. I'm just like, okay, they want me to file 
um, you know, an applicate, uh, or annual report, right. And a report, basically an application report. And I'm like, okay. So I looked that up and I'm like, okay, this is how you do it. I got to do this, that, and this, and then I do it. And then it goes through. Right. So that's kind of, you know, and that's life, right? That's just life. But the reason I'm sharing that with you is just because like, I want you to know I'm not perfect, right? Like I'm in a, you know, I give you advice, but at the same time, you know, um, some of this stuff might change down the road. Like things change, opinions change. And if you're not changing, right. And this is something that I never understood with people. If you're not changing, then you're, uh, if you're not changing, then you're not growing, right? You're not growing because you're not, you're not struggling. You're not trying to, to progress. You're not trying to get ahead. You're trying to stay the same. And if you're staying the same, you're not progressing. So, you know, it, I, that's why I kind of like when I fail or these things get kicked back. Cause I'm like, okay, like I'm learning, right? Even though, you know, obviously I prefer them going through the first time, but, um, that's something that, you know, it's kind of funny because most people would be frustrated. And I kind of, I do get frustrated sometimes when I look at it and I'm like, oh, I'm like, damn, you know, what did I do wrong here? I got so stupid. They should have just done this. Right. So, you know, it's, it's a learning lesson and I'm trying to show you that, uh, you know, and, and I'm also trying to help people too. Cause like, if you're trying to start a business too, like maybe you watch goals and updates and you're like, yeah, I'm getting so motivated. I'm so energetic and uh, I want to start a business. And if I can show you some of the stuff that I'm making mistakes on that, maybe you're like, Oh, I've never even thought about that. Right. Like most people don't think about this stuff. They don't really think about taxes, filing the tax or they think about filing taxes, but they don't think about how or, or what are the requirements to file it within their state or, they don't think about the paperwork that's required to send to your state to, to get things done. And, you know, I didn't either. <laughs> the funniest thing is, like, I didn't really either. That's why I'm telling you this. So I didn't really think, you know, none of this stuff crossed my mind. Like, I didn't know about all this, you know. They gave me options when I filed with Florida. And they're like, you could, there's like three options. You could pay a little bit more here, pay a little bit more here, and get all these other papers. And I'm like, yo, what are, I'm like, what are these three papers? I had to look them up online. And they're all just certificates from different, um, they're, they're from basically different agents of the state or uh, Senate or whoever, you know, whoever is up there that can sign it. It has to be someone special that works with the state. And they're just forms that basically, uh, they basically show that you're a real entity in the state of Florida because most people might require it if you're going into like heavy corporations or heavy partnerships or anything. So I just like, you know, I might as well spend a little bit more and get those paperwork. So those are my updates. Uh, we're going to go into these two topics right now. I'm going to go into the first one, which is going to be stop worrying about others or what others do or, or have. And the reason I came up with this one, by the way, is because I, um, the reason I came up with this was because, you know, I, I, I sometimes do get jealous of individuals and it's natural, right? The thing with me though, is I catch myself and I go, okay, like I just didn't earn that yet. Like it's, it's not my time to have that or, or do this or do that. Right. The big, the big struggle that I have at my job is uh, a lot of people go and buy food. Uh, they go and they spend a lot of money on food, so they're bringing back all this great food, and you're eating a sandwich. <laughs> you're eating like a, you're eating like deli meat sandwich, right? Which because uh, you're trying to you're trying to conserve a little bit, try not to spend all your dough in one place. So, excuse me. So, so the point that I'm trying to make is sometimes it's really hard and. I'll go with my friends and sometimes I get envy with my friends. Like, uh, you know, I, uh, well, the car thing is not, the car thing has never really been a problem. But I've driven with a lot of people where they have, uh, they have like really nice cars, right? And I have a nice car, 
right? But obviously, it's not my dream car. It's not a car that I'm like bragging about, right? It's just a Honda. It's a Honda Elantra. But the point being is, it gets me to point A or point A to point B, and I lease it so it's cheaper, right? And uh, most people, will, you know, you can have the debate if if you think financing is is cheaper than buying or if it's better, but uh, you know, hands down, leasing is less. The mileage is an issue, but it, leasing is definitely the way to go. But anyways, you're probably thinking to yourself, "Damn!" <laughs> but uh, you know, it's something you know, and that's the other thing too that I can say with this with this topic is, I do you know some of these topics. I'm eventually going to have a uh, YouTube playlist. Like once I get caught up on Podbean. Right. So if anyone doesn't know, like goals and updates, I have my own Podbean platform. So that's where I post all the, the old episodes and I'm working env- enviously or and en- I don't think that was a proper word, but I'm working endlessly, <laughs> working endlessly to, to get caught up on that and get up to like 100 episodes on there. And then I can start working on the YouTube playlists and I can make them into shorter segments. But I also have ideas because I have this board that I just bought which I bought for public speaking uh, for Toastmasters specifically, or if I went and go and did a speech somewhere, I could bring the board with me, but I can also use the board I thought about for YouTube videos where if I wanted to talk about credit or I wanted to talk about financing versus leasing, or I wanted to talk about uh, a mortgage or I wanted to, you know, little things where I kind of want to do where it's kind of linked to personal finance I did want to have playlists for that and I haven't really decided if I want to do it in um, as a done deal investments type of playlist or if I wanted to do it for goals and updates because some of, you know, it could be for both. Right. But the reason I was thinking about done deal investments is it would give me a, uh, it would, it would give like a resource to help individuals where, um, you know, cause with my business, I'm trying to help people that are in crisis situations and that type of information could be useful for done deal investments. Give a little bit more information to those individuals of credit, mortgages, different things, and they'd be able to understand it a lot better. And it would just be like a you know information hub for done deal investments, and you know maybe try to use it to link a little bit more business in that direction. So something that I thought about doing, uh, I definitely am going to do it. I just don't know how I'm going to present it or publish it. So it's something I got to think with myself for you know a little bit. But anyways. You know, this one's a difficult topic because we we care a lot about what other thing other people think about us, and then normally people buy things because they think it's gonna put an impression on this individual or a girlfriend or a friend or maybe a family member. And I've never had a crazy, you know, a really terrible time with this one. It, sometimes, like I kind of feel like it's taken me so long to get there. Right. And I'm like, this person didn't really do much. And this person got this, right. That's normally where I kind of like, I kind of feel it a little bit where I'm like, dude, I'm working so hard. I'm saving, I'm conserving this over here and I'm moving money over here and I'm trying to work as hard as I can. And I'm trying to step my game up and I'm trying to take on more responsibility. And it just seems like I can't get ahead on this, but this person just came out of nowhere and this person just got it. And I, and that's where I, you know, that's where I kind of feel it sometimes where I'm like, damn, why did that person get it? And he didn't earn it and I can't get it. And I'm trying to earn it. Right. So that, that one's that, but the, um, the point being is it's kind of what others have, not really what others do. It's not so much what others do that bothers me. It's more of what other people have. 
sometimes. And I'm like, damn, like, I'm like, damn, like I, I deserve that. Like I should have that. Right. I do this, this and that and this, and I have to kind of step back for a second sometimes and go, okay, like I really didn't earn that yet. And how do I know that person can afford that? Like, you know, uh, I have a couple of friends that, uh, you know, have really nice cars and they easily probably pay like $600 a month with car insurance, car payments, everything. Right. And I'm like, yeah, it would be so nice to drive that car. But I'm like, can they really afford that? Are they going broke over the car? Like, could what could they do with the extra cash if they would to uh, maybe downgrade or just use the car as a car and not a luxury utensil, which they didn't, they don't really have the money for, they didn't earn, right? And that's what I kind of do. I kind of, I kind of reason with myself sometimes, kind of try to use logic to close myself, right? Because I use logic a lot to close, uh, and that's kind of what salespeople do. They use logic to close. So what? what I try to do with myself is I close myself logically and I go, well, I don't need that, but I don't need that. I could use the money and push it somewhere else. So that's kind of how I get away with it. And then I'm like, yeah, you know what? You're right. Right. And I talk to myself and I'm like, all right, I didn't earn that. I don't need that. And I, I just continue doing what I'm doing and, and, so, and it goes away. And then, you know, obviously there's something else that comes along. You have to work on that. And then, you know, eventually you just build the trait, you build the skill and it doesn't really affect you too much anymore. And that's kind of what uh, that's kind of what I've been trying to do, in a sense, is try to focus on that more. Try to understand that there's going to be some people that might have an advantage. There's going to be some people that are spoiled, and that's kind of what you see a lot. Like I had, I have a one friend, my one friend, uh, which I don't want. I'm not going to put his his name out here, but he would basically, you know, he never worked, right? He bare, and if he did work, which that's how I met him, was at at a job. But the funny thing was he was really good friends with the manager at the job I was working at. So we would all work hard. And when he had to work on a shift, we would all have to take his shift while he's goofing off with the manager in the other room. And then there'd be times he didn't show up. He'd always be a no call, no show, or he'd just skip out and, and didn't show up. Or um, and, and you'd always feel like, well, he drives really nice cars. He does this. And you would find out that, you know, his parents were paying for most of this stuff right? His parents were kind of feeding him on, on the bad stuff, right? And feeding him without responsibility. And he wasn't earning things and he didn't understand that, you know, you got to earn things and not just receive things. And, you know, sometimes you get, you get jealous because you're working your butt off and he's over there. Fool and when he would show up, he'd get paid to go fool around with the manager somewhere else or, you know, it, it would kind of, it, and it would piss everyone off. And, and a lot of people would talk about it when they're working that shift, when, when he was there messing, you know, goofing off. So it's something that, you know, you're going to see a lot. And I saw it a lot in high school too, right? I ended up having to drive an old 2004 Buick Regal, right? That got passed down from my grandparents that was in really good condition, but it was, it was an old car, right? It, it didn't have a lot of miles on, uh, on it. I think when I got it, and my sister got it because we shared it. And I had to share the car too, by the way. So I had to share it with my sister. Most of them had the car free and clear, you know, probably in their parents' name, but they had it free and clear. They could use it whenever they wanted. That was the whole purpose of them having the car, right? And they didn't have to pay for anything. Their parents probably paid for their insurance. Their parents paid for the car and got a, they got a brand new car. And what you would find to, you know, you'd understand, I didn't understand at the time, obviously. I'd be like, you know, it's so stupid. This person got this and you know, you'd be kind of pissed, but what you would understand later on is that you would understand responsibility 
and they wouldn't, and they would struggle hard when they got older. And you really wouldn't, you know, you'd struggle here and there, but you would understand how to get by in life. And those people are kind of messed up and screwed. And I have a couple of friends that, you know, unfortunately are kind of like that where they don't understand how to make money. They don't understand really how to pay bills. They don't really understand uh, how to conserve and like only go and buy things that you need and not really that you want unless you're rewarding yourself or if you can't afford it, maybe a little extra money that you can go and do that. And <clears throat> by the way, I mean, it could, it could go either way for the other person as well, by the way, but you're, you have a higher chance of actually succeeding if your parents give you more responsibility and don't just pay for all your stuff. It's actually kind of why I think uh, my generation, as they say, millennials are the entitled generation. Even though I think both generations, you know, every generation is kind of a little bit entitled. But the, the thing that I kind of agree with with most adults is it's mostly baby boomers that are kind of saying with uh, millennials that they, um, they're entitled. They're entitled individuals is because of that. And what baby boomers don't understand is they cause a lot of that cause a lot of that when they go and buy their kids new brand new cars and they don't, they don't go and tell their kids like, Hey, I'll help you get the car, but you're going to have to go work and make payments or you're going to have to pay me back or you're going to have to pay for car insurance. You're going to have to do this. Right. And the reason is because they're trying to be a good parent, but what they don't understand is they're actually kind of dooming their kids. They're dooming their kids to expect things. And that's why in the workforce, I think there's, a, you know, a lot of people are, they think they're entitled to healthcare. They're entitled to this. They're entitled to that. And I worked, the, the hardest thing for me really before I got this full-time job and I got benefits and I got other things was I, you know, I worked part-time and I was making 10 grand a year. Nothing guys, nothing. Um, I mean, I struggled. Like I struggled a lot because then eventually my, my, I was going to college and I was trying to finish up and I was trying to push through it. And I, all these bills started stacking up. I got into a car accident. So I'm paying all these health, you know, these uh, hospital bills. And then um, at the same time, like my college financial, um, oh, I'm trying to think of the word, my financial aid basically got canceled because I failed classes or whatever. Right. So a lot of things were happening where I was kind of, I had to financially go and, and be responsible for a lot of different things. And I'm like, I can't, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm struggling. Like every dollar is going somewhere and I don't have anything left over. So, and I was doing it on like 10, you know, 10 grand a year. Eventually they gave me a little bit of a raise. They gave me like a three, a $3 raise. Right. But when they gave me, what's up Sterling, when they gave me the raise, it boosted me up, I think to like roughly almost 15 grand, maybe a little bit under 15 grand a year, which is still nothing. And by the way, I'm not getting paid for holidays. I'm not getting paid for vacation times. Like I'm not getting paid for anything and I don't have healthcare. I don't have anything. So I'm really responsible for everything at the same time, going to college and getting like overcharged on classes and overcharged on books and overcharged on, you know, different things. Plus the, plus the, the, the medical bills, right. When I got into the car accident. So all oh, that's overpriced too, right? Like three, five times. So, uh, you know, I was in this position where I'm like, uh, you know, I don't know how I'm going to do this. But the point being is that I, uh, it, it taught me, it taught me a very valuable lesson and it taught me to be, you know, how to get a little bit more financial responsibility, how to maneuver in crisis situations like that. And the people that are kind of being, 
babied and they're getting all the things and they're not really being responsible for themselves because their parents are paying for everything. The reason they end up getting screwed over in the end is because when that happens to them, they'll crumble. They won't keep moving. They won't keep progressing. They'll just fall apart and they'll quit and they'll be screwed and they won't know how to get out and they can't get out. For me, it's never the option of, of giving up is never an option because I know my capability. I know through the responsibilities that I've had before, it's nothing new. And I have to figure out a way to get myself ahead and I have to figure out how to get myself moving forward again and get out of the situation I'm in. So this whole marketing thing is, is kind of the same situation, which I was updating you guys in the beginning where you know, I'm tr- now I'm trying to progress into a new position. And I'm trying to take action and move into a new position because, again, I'm kind of low on cash, right? I'm kind of, I, I kind of need an increase, but I also need to work on my resume, which, you know, last episode, episode three, uh, 103, I talked about working on a world resume. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to progress. I'm trying to move ahead. I'm trying to upgrade my world resume. At the same time, I'm trying to increase my income. I'm constantly, I'm trying to focus my attention on increasing the income at the same time, you know, uh, kind of cut the expenses a little bit and do things that I need, not what I want for right now, at least and move forward. Right. So that, and I gave you a couple of cool examples within my own self with not worrying about what others do or have and kind of like why people kind of worry about that. But it, it, it doesn't mean that if you're a millennial, like it's going to be you, it, it, this could be, this is everyone. This is everyone. Sometimes you see it more and you see it more with adults than you do with kids because kids just, some, some kids just don't really get, you know, they don't really care. But I've kind of been like that before too, where I kind of just stopped caring about what other people thought about me. And that's kind of what this is about too. You got to realize that uh, not everyone's going to like you and you're not going to be friends with everyone. You're not going to get every single girl that you go and ask out or, or and, and whatnot. But the point being is you just can't care. You got to keep moving forward. And it's the same thing with job positions. Like if I don't, if I don't, if they deny me on this position with marketing and they're like, Hey man, you don't really meet the requirements. Like you're going to have to wait and do this. Hey, I tried, right. I, I, I had the confidence to go out there and put myself out there on the market and put myself out there to really go out there and really try. And that's the difference between the the average and the obsessed is they'll keep on trying and they'll keep on pushing little boundaries until they get what they want. And, you know, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep pushing. So even if they deny me, they're not going to hear the last of it unless I'm not working there anymore for whatever reason. But um, I'm going to keep pushing for the marketing position. So it's just the first follow-up. And I kind of, you know, and if I do get rejected, I kind of expect that it's, you know, it's because it's the first follow-up. It's, I haven't, you know what I mean? Normally it takes, I think, I think the statistic is it takes about six to 12 follow-ups to get someone to say yes to something. So it's only the first one. So that's the topic of stop worrying about what others do or have. And now we're going to go into the second topic, which is going to be, be informed on what's going on, but don't use the news for it. Now, most people know that I am, I am like very right wing or, uh, I am, I shouldn't say I'm very right. Eh, you know, I don't really care, but <laughs> I don't really care. You're going to, if you're going to put a, you're going to put a label on me, you're going to put a, you're going to put some type of title on me. It only reflects who you are, not who I am. But the point being is most people know I, I'm, I'm very Republican I, uh, I tend to lean a little bit more to the right than I do to the left on a, on a lot of, uh, a lot of big topics. So 
the point with this is, uh, I don't want you to confuse it and go, oh, because he's he's Republican, that's why he's telling you not to not to listen to the news or whatnot. It, it doesn't matter who you are. You could be a Republican. You could be a Libertarian. You could be, you know, if you're if you're very left wing and you really consider yourself a Democrat, a left wing uh, Democrat, you're probably going to disagree with this. But and your side's going to be telling you to listen to the news, but or you're going to agree with like 99% of what the news is saying. But the point being is I'm not saying it as a political point or because I'm Republican. I'm saying it because of what the news is based upon. And the news is built, and I've had, I'm pretty sure I've talked about this topic before in one of the other episodes, but the news, I read a, a book, right? I read a book, which was uh, the Mil- uh, millionaire success habits by Dean Graziosi. And in the book, he talks about the news. Now, if, before I get into that part, every single other individual that's very, very wealthy and successful, almost all of them say you have to stop watching the news because of the attitude or the mindset that the news gives you. Now, I'm not talking about, I'm not really talking about politically speaking. I'm talking about like negative, like the negativity mindset rather than a positive mindset. That's really what I'm trying to talk to you about. So, you know, the reason I'm display, uh, dis, disclaiming to you that I'm Republican is because I don't want you to go, oh, you know, find out later on that I'm Republican and that, oh, that's why he's telling me not to watch the news because he's Republican. They don't they believe in fake news, fake news, right, and all that stuff. But, um, but the point being is that it's not because of, like, it's not because really so much the information, even though, like, it, it is a little bit about the information. It's really about the mindset that they give you when you watch the news 24 seven. And I had a lot of people that were very negative individuals that were my friends that I was working with at uh, the one job, the one marketing job I had. And they would all constantly go and watch the news while they're at work. They'd probably watch the news when they got home. They probably watched the news when they went to the gym. They probably watched the news when they woke up in the morning, had a cup of coffee and, and, and watched the news. And they're watching the news every single minute of the day, right? And they would tell me things that I had no idea was even going on before I got home because I do watch I do watch trustworthy news sources. But by the time I even went and saw it on those channels, these individuals would already tell me what was going on in the world through CNN, through MSNBC or MSN. Yeah, I think it's MSN. Be, I don't know. MSN, you see, like, I don't even really care about the channels. <laughs> That's how much you know I don't really watch the news. But the point being is that when I was reading, we're going to go back to uh, the book I was reading, which was Millionaire Success Habits. Great book. Really recommend it. Mil- Millionaire Success Habits and uh, Grant Cardone's book, which I think was Seller Be Sold, where he talked about this with the news, too. I think in that book he talked about it, but he does. he also talks about the news. But in this book called Millionaire Success Habits with Dean Graziosi, he talked about how like back in the old days, back in like probably your grandparents' era or maybe your grandparents' parents' era, the news used to be very positive and they used to put a lot of positive news and maybe here and there, maybe a little bit of negative news and maybe, you know, maybe there's a war going on and they're talking about the war a little bit, but most of the time the news would be very positive. And what he was talking about is now in the 21st century, it's all negative news. If you go and and I dare you to try this, go watch the news just for 30 minutes, maybe even just 15 minutes 
And you'll see that there's not one piece of positive news on that channel. Not one. Try to find one. You're going to have a very hard time. And if you do find one, it's going to be something completely stupid that's not even that great. The dog got rescued from the tree. Oh, okay. Right? It's, it's, not even, it's not even worthy of being good news on the news channel. It's not something that's really like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. It's how exciting, right? It's, it's, it's always something small compared to all other stuff they're talking about negative, right? So the point that I'm trying to make to you is in that book, he states that they went from positive to negative news. And the big reason they went from positive to negative news was because of the ratings, and they realized that if they went more negative on news, their ratings spiked dramatically. And so it doesn't really have to do with like the mindset. It doesn't have to do with much of that. It really has to do with the ratings. And you have to understand it's a business. The news is a business. They want you to rely on them. They want you to look at them. Another thing I can tell you, which, you know, depending on what, polit- you know, where you stand politically is it is controlled by one. Uh, it is controlled by one political viewpoint which is uh, a, like a very left-wing viewpoint. And the media is controlled by uh, Democrats. Almost every single news choice is very left-wing. And you could just tell if you just watch it. If you, if you have a non-biased stance, or if you really try to put yourself in someone else's shoes, you'll see what I'm talking about. But the people that are you know, too trapped in one party uh, won't be able to tell you that. They'll just be like, oh, it's just regular news. So the point being with this is, you want to try to stay away from the news channels. I'm not saying you can't watch it once in a while. Like I go on once in a while. The funny thing is I don't even use the TV behind me and literally watch the news channels. Uh, my parents do, but I don't. I don't watch it on there. What I do is I'll go on and watch little segments on YouTube from different news channels. If I want to know what political points they're talking about, if I want to go and see a more democratic viewpoint on what they're saying versus a Republican point over here. And that's what I'll use it for. But I mainly use trusted, worthy news sources or podcasts to get my news. Um, and I try to use it where, like, it's not really going to be a – I try to listen to something that's going to be a little bit neutral, but at the same time maybe a little bit biased. But, uh, you know, it's going to take a Republican standpoint. But I do listen to Joe Rogan, and Joe Rogan's probably the most neutral in the middle person you could probably get. So I do listen to other people that are kind of in the middle, more liberal – a libertarian and I, I try to get that going where I get, you know, the independent viewpoint and I try to listen to other things too, where they have more of a left wing viewpoint. So I understand what's kind of going on. So I understand both sides pretty well. Now the point being is uh, you want to try to do that. You want to try, if you're going to, if you really want to know what's going on in the world and I do believe you should, cause this is a thing that a lot of people hit me with where I'm like, you know, the news, you really shouldn't be watching the news because the news is negative and you know, all the stuff that I just listed to you. And they would be like, well, I need to know what's going on in the world. Uh, that's why I watch the news. And I didn't really have a point. Like I remember uh, my one Democrat friend told me that um, the same, same person that worked in the same place I was telling you, they all watch the news rapidly. And he's like, but I want to know what's going on in the world. And I had my other friend's brother tell me the same thing. He's like, but I want to know what's going on. And I'm like, trust me, trust me, trust me. I understand what you're saying. I also want to know what's going on in the, in, in the world today. And I, I want to be caught up on the subjects, but I just wouldn't use the, the news channels. And what I would tell them is, um, you know, you, you want to go for more, uh, what's up mom. You want to go for more of like trustworthy sources where they're going to just show you the facts and they're not going to just 
they're not just going to blow you up with negative, uh, like negative viewpoints on it. And, and the funniest thing was like, I tell everyone this story because when I used to work at the Fort Lauderdale campus uh, for Broward college, they used to have a, they used to have a four screen, um, they call it a collab collab room or the collab TVs. And it would be one, it would, it would be four flat screen TVs put together. So it's one big TV. So you could put, you could put all four of the same channels on there and it would be like one big TV, right? They would all kind of work together as one, or you could have four different channels of like, let's say I, let's say my friend likes CNN and I like Fox and this other person liked MSN, right? You could have all these different news channels and watch whichever one you wanted. Now, when they did that, it, sh- it, it showed me basically how every single news channel, right? They would talk about the same thing, but they would all talk about it on different, in different ways. They, they didn't really report it the same way. You know, uh, CNN would report it very far left. Uh, MSN would report it, so, you know, very far left, but they would try to make it somewhat in the middle. And then Fox would be kind of far right, obviously. And then you'd have like other channels that would be kind of like far left, but they would try to be like more in the middle or whatever. But you would see that they're talking about the same thing, but they're all talking about different, different viewpoints on it. Right. And that's where I I realized that, you know, once I read that book too, I was like, Oh, it makes perfect sense. It makes complete sense. Right. So that's what I'm trying to tell you. If you want to, if you want to build a strong mental positive mindset, you need to try to get away from the news. The news is not going to help you. It's going gonna, it's gonna to put doubt in your mind, I'm telling you. Like the, the worst thing that I hate is when people come up to me and they, and they start talking about what they saw on the news. And, it, it, and, I, tr- and I try to just kind of tell them, like, I don't want it. I don't want it. I didn't watch it for a reason. I don't, I don't want to hear about that. And it's not – and, like, then, you'll, you know, you, you be prepared because people are going to call you very, uh, very ignorant or people are going to call you um, – Oh, you like you want to live in your own little bubble. And it's not that I want to live in my own little bubble. It's like, I don't want the negativity that comes with what you're about to say. I don't want to doubt myself because you're doubting yourself. I don't want your insecurities because they're not my insecurities. Like I don't want them. And that's what you have to kind of tell people is, uh, you know, I, you know, that's, that's great. You saw it, you know, it's whatever, but please, like, please don't tell me about the news. I don't want to hear about the news. And it's just cause you're trying to, you're trying to protect your mindset because if you know, the worst thing that could happen, you know, is, is like when someone comes up to me and they're like, Hey, and you hear about this all the time with the ring, the, what is it? The, the doorbell, the, I think it's like ring, right? Ring is like the little doorbell piece you put on there and it's got a video camera. You can see all the people and people will be like, Oh, this person just stole this person's package or this person just, uh, what's up Trevor or this person just got robbed and they saw it on, on, uh, the ring right? The, the ring, the little doorbell thing. And I'm like, I, like, I don't want to hear that. Cause then you're going to start thinking to yourself like, okay, I'm going to get robbed. I'm going to, this is going to happen. Right. So I don't, that's what I try to tell people. It's like, I don't care if you're watching the news, but I don't, I don't want, I don't want the insecurities and I don't want the negative stuff that's coming from, from the news that you're trying to put on me. Right. So just brace yourself. Cause when you tell people that they're going to, they're going to get pissed. They're going to get pissed. Like, they're going to be like, oh, you're ignorant, or you just want to live in your own little bubble. I had my mom do that to me, actually. Right? My, like, I told like, she was trying to tell me something that uh, happened on the news. And I was like, I was like, I, I was like, I really don't care. Like, I'm like, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm like, but I really don't really care what's going on with that. And at the same time, like, I don't want the negativity. 
<laughs> and she's like, and then it was funny because she was like, like, oh, like you're just like you're in your own little bubble. Like you need to wake up and realize the world is bad. And that, right, that is what you don't want. The world is so evil. It's such a bad place out there. That's why you don't want to watch the news because the news will literally make you think there's no more good individuals in the world. Uh, the world is doomed. Doomsday is coming, right? The world is effed on belief. That's why I don't watch the news. That's why I hate watching the news because that's literally what it does. It puts doubt in your mind that the world is evil. There's nothing left. It's not worth it anymore. And, you know, I, had a, I have a friend. I go over my one friend's house and his mom's always watching the news. And, you know, that's what she says. You, know, you got to be careful, man. You got to be careful. And, like, <laughs> and just paranoia. And, like, that's what it does. Literally, that's what it does. It traps you and makes you so paranoid that you're like you're paranoid on everything. Oh my god! When I go to this movie theater, I gotta make sure I'm I gotta make sure I'm looking everywhere because I gotta make sure the exits. Are, which I'm not saying you, you shouldn't do the exit thing. Like oh, like you know, there's the exit, there's the exit, there's that, just in case because you never do know if something's gonna happen. But, but you don't want your mind to be so screwed where you're so paranoid where everyone's like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, like. I, 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 like, what if someone came with a gun right now? Where do I go, right? And then, or if you're on a plane and you're like, oh, shit, what if the plane gets shot down by a missile or, like, you know, all this stuff, right? And people make up. Then you start making things up. That's the worst is you start making things up and you get so paranoid. So that's what I'm trying to talk about with the news is you just want to be careful what you're watching, what you're putting in your brain. Like, you know, you really want to build this positive mindset and work on that. And that's what this show is designed to do is we're going to take that negative mindset and make it into a more positive mindset because positive positive mindsets are what make you live longer, you know, being optimistic and gets you out of just crumbling, right? If something traumatic happened to you and you don't have a good mindset, you're, you're crumbling, you're done, you're done. And you're probably done for months, weeks, maybe. And I, you know, that's what we're going to avoid with positive, having a positive mindset. You'll be able to go, Oh, you'd be like, Oh man, that's terrible. And then think to yourself for a second, you'll come up with quick solutions because you're a salute solution oriented mindset type of person that only comes with being positive you got to be able to, to to take the negative crumple it up throw it away and go with the positive right and only only positive thinkers can come up with fast solutions to, to massive crises or massive problems so that's my you know my challenge to you so that's why i came up with that topic you want to be informed i'm very very informed i know what's going on politically like very you know i'm probably more politically savvy than most millennials and like i i would i would strongly state that like i can literally probably hold a conversation with your grandparents politically speaking so i just i'm just letting you know like that's something that you uh you know might want to think like and i'm not saying you have to be completely politically savvy i'm just saying like you, you kind of want to know what's going on, but just use trusted sources. You want to go out there and really try to get away from the mainstream news and start doing some research on your own. Don't just listen to the news and go, oh, that's, you know, that's right. Because, you know, the saying is everything that you hear on the news is true, right? Which, you know, most of it's a lie. So don't, you know, don't listen to all that crap, right? That's, uh, so that's, that's that topic. Be informed on what's going on, but don't use the news for it, right? So use trusted sources. Now I'm going to go in and I'm going to pitch you guys done deal investments really quick. And we're going to wrap this episode up. So for anyone that doesn't know, my name is Tyler Dunn. I own a company called done deal investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. Now this business 
is designed to help a distressed seller put them on with an investor, right? And the investor will help the distressed seller out by getting them out of their crisis situation or financial situation. And they'd be able to go and buy another property and live free and not have the financial burden on them. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over some situations where done deal investments can definitely help you out. And then I'm going to go over the three steps to financial freedom and how basically done deal investments is set up to actually work. So the first one or the first situation where done deal investments can help you is pre foreclosure. So most people know what it is, but pre foreclosure is just when you normally have a mortgage, right? For your, for your property, normally through a bank. And if you're behind on the payments, the bank has the right to repossess your property. That's called, you know, you're in the stages of pre foreclosure. So that's where Dundee investments can help you out where if you're in like pre foreclosure, you're behind on your payments and you're about to lose your property. And this stuff affects your credit by the way too. So even though you're just going to, you're probably telling yourself, I'm just going to lose the property and that's it. The credit part of it is also going to really, really hurt you. And when you go into like four, you know, when you get like a foreclosure on your property, it's, it's kind of hard to build that credit back up. It takes a, it takes a decent amount of time and different, different uh, tricks to try to get it up fast, but it's kind of a pain in the butt. And if you can avoid that situation, why would you not avoid that situation? So if you're in a, if you're in a pre foreclosure type of, of state, Dundee investments can help you out. Now the other, other stuff would be job transfers. So job transfer is very simple. It's where you find opportunity in, a, in another state or maybe another city that's kind of farther away from the city you're living in, or maybe even a different country. And so you have to take that job opportunity and move in the next week or two. And you're probably not going to be able to use a real estate agent to sell the property that fast. That's where Dundee Investments would come in and help you out. The other one would be um, foreclosure. Now, this would be for small banks where a small bank, uh, the property could easily, if it goes into a foreclosure status, could easily be a liability for a, a small bank where they, they're sinking money into the property trying to fix it up because by the way, most of these properties are, are normally destroyed, especially like pre-foreclosure and foreclosure, because what happens is the person living there gets mad that they're about to lose all their money and everything, and so they trash the property, especially in foreclosures. They trash the property. So the bank now has to pay a lot of money to fix the property and then sell it or try to get someone else in there and get a mortgage again on it. So they they start losing money, and it becomes a liability for them, so they want to get rid of these properties. So we can help small banks by getting rid of these properties fast with an investor. The other one is going to be if you inherited a property. Now, this isn't as common as all the other ones, but it does happen from time to time. And it's probably more, it's probably, it happens more than you think. So this is just when someone, a loved one passes away and you end up inheriting the property in the will or however they, they give you the property. It's you know probably in a will, most likely 90% of the 90% of the time, it's probably in a will. But what happens is normally it's the people that pass away and they, they, they give the house to you through the will. They're normally elderly people and they tend not to take care of the property. So you tend to have a lot of property maintenance you have to do in order, excuse me, in order to sell it fast. At the same time, you're probably thinking to yourself, well, you know, I kind of just want the cash from the equity and I don't want to hold on to this property. I have a house. I'm not trying to rent it. I don't, you know, I don't want to do any of that. I just want to sell it quick and take the, the cash from the equity of the home. That's where Dundee Investments would be able to help you out. 
The other one would be um, if you don't want to go through a real estate agent. Now, this would be a really common one. The market is very saturated with real estate agents, and some of them take a long time to sell your house. The average house could sell in the next month to a month and a half, and maybe you don't want to wait that long, and at the same time, the high commission fees, right? So the average commission fee, I, I believe, is around 6%. And it's because they have to pay multiple people on the deal. So they have to pay the broker or the brokerage they're using, right? The real estate agent's using. And the real estate agent themselves has to make money on the deal. That's why they're kind of charging you the high commission fees. They have to make some type of money for different parties that are associated in that deal. Now, oh, and by the way, I've had a couple of um, uh, a couple of real estate agents where even my mom's tried to sell property before and they just didn't really do much. They, like She felt they didn't do a lot. Another thing too could be like open houses. Maybe you're not really big on the open houses and Dundee Investments does not use open houses and we do not charge you commission fees. So that's where Dundee Investments would be a good second, uh, first option over real estate agents. I wouldn't say second, but first option over real estate agents because we don't charge you commission fees, the investor pays us. We don't do open houses, which I'll explain when we go through the process. And... We sell your house very fast over the real estate agent to a predestined seller. When a real estate agent comes, they're trying to sell it for full market value on the MLS. And so with the open house, they're just trying to get, you know, traffic and they're just hoping they're going to find someone. With Dundee Investments, we're, we're basically guaranteeing that we can sell your house very fast because we already have preset investors that are already interested and qualified to basically buy your property. So that's how we basically do it ahead of real estate agents. And we don't take months to sell your property. Now, the last one I can think of would be divorce. Now, there's other options too, which I'm going to say in a second. But divorce is something that a lot of people don't like to talk about. It's about a 48% divorce rate in the United States of America. So it's it, it really is a big crisis kind of issue. But normally what happens, the reason we're talking about it is because in most states, you have to split everything 50-50. And with property, it's kind of hard. You can't split a house half and half, but you can split the profits 50-50 or in half, right? So most of the time in messy divorces, they tend to sell the property and then you split it 50-50 with the, the two spouses. That's something Dundee Investments can do. And it's perfectly designed to do that where we sell it very fast within the week to a a predestined investor, and then you guys can just split the profits and go on, you know, go on your married way and figure out all the rest of the other stuff you guys have to work out. So that's something that's really cool. But I get a lot of, I get a lot of people like, I don't know why you talk about uh, divorce in real estate. And I'm like, well, because our, our business, the way our business is set up, it, it, it helps that out pretty well. Like it's, it's actually a really good resource for people that are filing divorce and are trying to split everything 50 50 or trying to you know figure out the, the stuff that this spouse is getting over this one so that's why i talk about divorce a lot and you know especially since it's a uh florida by the way is a 50 50 state and i and my business done deal investments is located in florida so that's why i talk about that but now there's other ways that you know you could do this too but now we're going to go into the three steps of financial freedom and how it basically works so the first step to financial freedom is going to be that you have to contact Dundee Investments in some way, shape, or form. So 
I have plenty of ways to contact Dundee Investments. We have, um, you have my phone number, which is 954-857-6450. Now, I'm going to warn you, if you call and I do not answer, right, because I do work a full-time job and I might not be able to get to the phone when you call, just leave a detailed voice message with the, the situation that you're trying to get out of as well as, um, you know, what, the, what basically the call is for. Like what's the main reason you're giving me a call and what can I personally help you with? And that way I can contact you back and basically call you back because what's going to end up happening is uh, I, I work at a company where I cannot use a phone. It's policy that I cannot use my phone during work hours. So I'm kind of limited to when I can answer the phone, but I do call you right back as soon as I get the voicemail or whatnot. But I do have people that call and they don't leave a voicemail. And I don't know um, you know, if you're, if your business, if you're some, if you're just a, a, a debt collector or not a debt collector, I don't know if it's a debt collector, but if you're just someone that's trying to basically, uh, solicit, you know, solicitate and try to, you know, get me to buy something, it's more what I want. I don't know why I said debt collector, just got what I guess to say debt collector, but, um, that's kind of, you know, that's why you got to leave a voicemail. So I know who you are and why you're calling. And so I can give you a call back. And I know that you're trying to get a hold of me for done deal investments. Now, I work, uh, you know, I work a lot with that company. So I'm telling you, it's probably going to be a pretty, pretty large chance. You're probably gonna have to leave a voicemail and have to call you back unless somehow you fill out a form and I can contact you directly, which I kind of recommend. So the other ways you can do it is send us an email at done. De- uh, I'm sorry. You can send us an email at done deal investments at outlook.com, or you can go on our website at www.donedealinvestment.com and fill out a form and I'll get back to you. You can also go on our social media and send me a direct message with your contact information. That way I can you know, contact you. So we have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm working on the YouTube still, but there's plenty of ways where you can reach me and I can contact you. So definitely do that. Now the second step would be once you know I contact you, I ask you some very, very basic questions on the situation that you're trying to get out of or the crisis situation that you're in, and what the condition of your property is in, I then have to schedule an appointment. This is step two, where I have to schedule an appointment with you to go to your property and do what I call a walkthrough, where I take a estimate sheet with me and I jot down what is wrong with the property. We have broken windows. We have to fix the driveway. Your pool has to be diamond bright. We have to do, you know, we have to fix the roof. We have to, whatever it's a cost to the investor, I have to write down and report to the investor on the deal. And I'm going to take five pictures inside and five pictures outside your property, depending on the size of your property. You know, I might do more, but that's minimum. I have to take 10. So the reason I'm doing this, and this is where it's going to go back to what I was telling you with the real estate agent part is we don't do open houses. What, what I do is I take these 10 pictures and I take the estimate and I basically email your property to a list of my investors. At the same time, what I do is, I, if I don't have anyone on my list, I then go and find you someone else, but I can send them the information through email, which is way faster and way easier and more guaranteed that they'll, they'll do it rather than doing the open house, right? So that's how we kind of outdo the real estate agents and we, and we outsell them. We, we go faster and we don't do where you, you know, and it, it limits all the traffic because the last thing you want is to take days off from work to make sure the person can get in the house and show it or make sure it's clean and, and kept. You don't have to do all that stuff, right? 
So that's one thing with Dundee Investments where we're completely different from other real, you know, we're not real estate agents, we're investors. So you don't have to worry about all that stuff. Now, once we do that, we report it. Now we're on really step three. It's kind of step two into step three, but I, you know, I consider it step three. So this part is, or this step, step three is I then, once I get all that information and I find you an investor on the deal, I have to go and find what your house, your average, uh, what the average price is for your house. So how I do this is I run comps. Now, what I'm doing is I'm running three houses that are similar to yours in the neighborhood that I've sold recently on the market. That's where we get the average cost. All I do is deduct from in between here. I just deduct what the cost is for the investor, the expense for the investor. And then down here is the price that we negotiate on, right? So once we come up with that price, I then will negotiate with you, the seller or uh, whoever the seller is, I will then negotiate the price and the terms that they need in order for this deal to run smooth for that seller, right? So, uh, excuse me. So from that, then once we come to an agreement, so by the way, the terms, right? We come to agreement to the price, but the terms would be like if you have to stay in the house for another three weeks to get back on your feet to be able to go and find another property or uh, you need X, Y, and Z before you can move and do this. Now, there's also another way, which I'm going to tell you after I explain this, where you might, if you don't want to move or you don't want to um, leave your property, I have another resource for you, which I can't personally do, but I'll get to it after this. But so the point being is now what happens is once we all come to agreement, you, the seller signs the contract, me, myself signs for done deal investments. And then whoever the investor is on the deal will sign the contract. Now from here, now this is tying up everything. Basically what happens from this point is once the contract is signed from all three people or all three parties, the seller will then be able to, you know, we'll give them the cash offer that we promised and we'll buy by the terms and the seller will be able to get the cash offer and be able to go and get another property or go rent or do whatever they want to do. And now they don't have to worry about the financial burden of that crisis that they're in or the problem that they're in. And it's not going to affect their credit. It won't affect anything. And from here too, by the way, Dundee Investments will help that seller move on to whatever else they need. So if they, they need an inspector or they need a real estate agent or they need financing, Dundee Investments will help them with all that stuff. Uh, I can't directly, my company can't directly give those resources to you, but I can go and get you third parties and go get you references uh, that are really good people. I know a lot of real estate agents, so I can go help you with, in that direction as well. So the, and then the investor will obviously make a profit off of the deal, right? So they're going to flip the property. They're going to sink their own money into the deal and they're going to flip it and they're going to put it on the market and sell it for full market value. Now, the cool part with how Dundee Investments is going to win is the seller does not pay Dundee Investments. The investor will pay Dundee Investments for commission, what we call a finder's fee. Since we put the deal together and we gave the deal to the investor who's going to go make a profit off of the deal, he will pay Dundee Investments for that deal. So that's how all three parties win. Now, and what happens at the end of the deal? Now, getting back to that one resource that I was talking to you about, if you're someone that maybe doesn't want to move out of your property and 
there's another resource where I can recommend you to the individual where I'm pretty sure what they're going to do is they're going to buy out your debt, right? They're going to buy out your debt. So almost like a, think of it as a personal loan, right? A personal loan is normally you go through a bank and you have a lot of consumption debt. So you go and instead of paying like three different types of interest, you can go get one loan and one interest rate through a bank, which is called a personal loan. So all the credit card consumption debt goes into one loan and you can pay one large payment and you can work on paying it down with one interest rate. So that's something that is the same ideology with this part, with this other individual or this other company. And what they'll do is they'll basically pay, they'll buy, they'll buy out your debts, <coughs> excuse me, they'll buy out your debts and what they'll do is they'll rent you the property until you pay off the debts and that way you can get your property back. Now that's that's something that I can't do with Dundee Investments. So that's something that that company can do and we can reference you over to that company if that's something that you would prefer doing over selling your property. But that's something you'd have to still reach out to me so I can go ahead and contact that individual or that company. So let me know either way. But what I want to do with Dundee Investments, by the way, is make it so it's a one-stop shop and I want to get it so like we have a bunch of different resources for homeowners or property owners at, at the same time investors. So I want to be able to have like a real estate agent team. I want to be able to have home inspection. I want to be able to have financing. I want to be able to have all these things so I don't have to refer you to third parties and it's a one-stop shop where you just basically go into one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing because they all go hand in hand when you're buying a property, by the way. All those go hand in hand. Right? You need the real estate agent to find you the deal. Then you need to inspect the deal to make sure the deal is good. Then you need financing to be able to afford the deal. So that's, they all tie hand in hand with each other. And that's what I want to do is expand it to eventually to that, that size of a company and really expand it into, into real estate into that way. So that's something that I've been thinking about a lot. So if you guys have any questions... Any questions at all? Done deal investments. You want to be a co-host? I'm constantly always looking for co-hosts for goals and updates. So let me know if you want to come on the show and have a voice and talk and just have a conversation with me. And you can have a little bit of the spotlight and we'll just talk about whatever you want. You can even blast me if you want on the spot. I, you know, I don't really care. But Whatever you want to, you know, if you want to be a co-host, you want more information on Dundee Investments, you want to be an investor, or you know someone that wants to sell their property fast, or you know a family member, a friend, a loved one, maybe yourself that is in a financial crisis with their property, have them reach out to me at Dundee Investments, LLC. So I think that's basically it. We summed everything up. Uh, I got through all my uh, got through all my topics, got through my updates, and went through Dundee Investments. So I'm gonna wrap this one up. This has been episode 104 of Goals and Updates. If you do want to see our old episodes, or if you want to stay in tuned with our podcast, we upload them to our Podbean platform, which is goalsandupdates.podbean.com. So, and the URL is in a Facebook link. I'll have it in different descriptions and, and whatnot, but that's our, our URL link for hosting. I'm trying to work on YouTube for goals and updates, uh, Dundee investments. I'm trying to do a couple other different things as well. And I'll see you Sunday, right? I'll see you Sunday. So we have our co-host Steven coming on on Sunday. I'll see you then.
I don't know exactly what time yet. We're going to work it out. I think we're looking at about one or two, I'm pretty sure. So that's what we're going to try to head for. And if that doesn't happen, I'll see you on Monday and Wednesday. So remember, Goals and Updates comes on live every Monday and Wednesday from 7.30 to about – It's about we start at 7.30, and we I try to end around 8.30, close to 9. So it, it's, it's normally an hour and a half. So stay tuned. I appreciate everyone that came out. This has been Episode 104 of Goals and Updates. My name is Tyler Dunn with, uh, with Dunn Deal Investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. Peace.